Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Monday evening. We're a day late, um, but we brought in a big guest, so I don't feel so bad about being a day late for you guys. Usually do our show on Sunday, but here on a Monday night, TJ Pittenger, Richie Barnes, and Brian McFadden, two-time Super Bowl champion, former Knoll football analyst for CBS Sports, and the host of All Things Covered podcast. Brian, how you doing, man? I'm doing real, real well. Thank you guys for having me. Oh, and the winning coach on Saturday afternoon. I forgot about yes, that sir. too. I didn't even add that in with it. But <laughs> yes, how, sir. Uh, that's a good place to start, man. I, it was a cool. It was a little cooler in Tallahassee than I was expecting. But I know that bath felt pretty good. That Powerade bath felt pretty good at the end of the day. It felt good, but then it didn't. As you mentioned, the weather was not <laughs> ideal in Tallahassee in the month of April. Last time I checked, I thought we were in spring. Uh, it yeah. didn't necessarily feel like spring, uh, but in all, it was a great experience. I love the creativity uh, that Coach Novell and the football team decided to implement in the spring festivities, uh, primarily speaking, the spring game uh, on Saturday. And, and I enjoyed it. EJ enjoyed it. Pete, uh, Danny, we all enjoyed it. And most importantly for me and EJ, we wanted to come out on top and we were able to do so. <laughs> yeah. You guys, that competitive nature never leaves, right? No like it was, it was about winning. It was about getting it done. I love what Florida State has done the last couple of years. Um, last year, they had some of the legends on. You think about it, like Gene called his last game, but then last year he was one of the coaches, and they had Jeff yes. on, a couple of national people. Um, talk to us about that experience. Like, I'll let you just kind of go for a few minutes, but talk to us about the experience going – you know, everything from like the Friday walkthrough all the way through like coaching and everything else and just give us kind of the the things you can't talk about, the behind the scenes of, of what all went on uh, with your, your coaching debut here at Florida State. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Coach Novell, one of the things he wanted to uh, emphasize since becoming the head coach there in Tallahassee was reuniting the past players with the current players. And he was able to do so this past Friday. Uh, we got an opportunity to view practice um, from start to finish. And at the end of practice, uh, we had a, a, a what they call, um, uh, it's, it's, I forgot the name of the walk, um, but we had an opportunity to walk with the, the guys. And it's something that they do every week, I think, getting ready for a ball game. And so what happened was the current group of guys, they locked arms. Uh, they stood on the goal line. And the past players, we locked arms and we stood on the end zone line. And we literally walked the, the entire length of the football field. And when we got to the other end zone, they all sat around the field goal, and we all introduced ourselves. We introduced ourselves. We talked about the position that we played, the number, you know, where, we, where we're from. And some guys had, you know, some messages uh, uh, to uh, uh, give to the players as well. But in all, it was a great experience. And then after that, the guys went and showered, and we all had dinner together. And we had, a, uh, we had another opportunity to sit and just kind of talk, not necessarily talk about football, but just talk about what it means to be a, a Florida State Seminole what it means when you when you rock in the garden and go. And they were so appreciative because I know how I felt when I was playing at Florida State and I saw older guys come back and spend time with us. That was priceless for me. Very, very memorable. And it also added motivation for me because these guys did everything that I'm trying to do plus more. And hearing some of their experiences, some of the things they did right and wrong while they were here and then off as a professional player or just in, the, in life, it, it meant a lot, and I tried to soak up so much knowledge. And it was the same vibe this past weekend, and I will. I, I love the university for doing it, Coach Novell and the football program, and I think it will continue to become bigger and bigger as years go on. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Brian, that's one thing I loved. You know, uh, Jimbo's first year, he really made an emphasis of bringing former players back. I thought Willie did a pretty good job with that, and, and now Coach Norvell. But I think it speaks to the the larger Florida State fraternity and what you guys have built and what you're trying to build. Did any of the players stand out that maybe pull you aside and say, hey, you know, Brian, obviously you've done this. You've won the Super Bowl. You, you've done everything at Florida State. What, what do I need to do? Because that that's it seems like a phenomenal resource that's just – so easy to have but so few schools i feel utilize that the way they could yeah mostly the dbs you know i have an instant connection with the guys in the secondary because of course i played in the secondary so a lot of the current crop of guys came and talked to me you know pulled me to the side you know i told these guys you can always hit me up on my numbers available you can hit me up on social media and they have done so you know what i mean and some of the the, the candid conversations we had while, while i was there was you know just how was your experience you know how did you handle adversity on and off the football field? How did you stay focused? How did you stay dialed in? And how did you handle competition? And some things that we really can't control, like injuries. You know what I mean? How did you handle that process when you got hurt and you can't go out and get the reps that you needed to get and someone else is taking advantage of those said opportunities? How did you bounce back? So it was all sound conversations, and I loved every minute of it. It was, it was, it was, I know it was great for them. But it was greater for me, it felt like, because I love just being able to talk to people and just soak up so much knowledge and seeing some of the older guys that were older than me that was present as well. I got a chance to talk to some of those guys as well and just talk, talk about some of their experiences, what led them to Florida State. And we were able to share all those experiences with the, the guys that's currently there. And one thing that I like, they all were attentive. They all were listening. And they wasn't, they wasn't just listening just to be listeners. They were listening to gain information, to gain knowledge. And that's priceless as well. Yeah. And, and uh, you know what? The spring game's always tricky for fans because, you know, if someone makes a big play, that means someone kind of gave up a big play. Or, or mm-hmm. you know, it's, you can't have one really good thing without the other. Um, but the DBs came off to a great start. Obviously, picked off all three quarterbacks pretty early on. Um I think it's a, a unit that really could be a strength. Uh, you know, I know you mentioned Kevin Knowles. Um, who else is standing out for you? You know, for me, it's a, a guy like Akeem Dent who's been in the system for years now, and it, it seems like that switch is flicked for him. It, just talking about the secondary and what what your takeaway was from this spring, because I, I think that could be a strength of our defense. It has to be a strength for our defense. I think when you look at the mixture of experienced players and young up and coming players. They got to be able to gel and be consistent. For me, when I attend spring practices or a spring game, I love to look at the guys that just got there. Because granted, they don't necessarily know everything from top to bottom compared to some of the older guys, but just see how instinctive they are. Where is this the football IQ? Understanding and knowing where you're supposed to be. Guys that are always around the football. And I saw some pretty good things from some of the young guys in the secondary. Uh, Sam McCall, uh, I think he's going to be a pretty good player. I mean, he had an opportunity to have at least three interceptions in the spring game. Uh, Didn't come down with the catch, but he put himself in positions to have interceptions. And eventually he will come through with those turnovers. And that's huge. Thomas is another guy, very, very rangy. Uh, He looks like a corner, long, broad shoulders. Uh, He plays with a lot of confidence. Friday, he had a great day as well. He was around the football. Those are things that I look for in young players because when they grasp the understanding and the knowledge of the game, then they can take their level, to the, the, their game to a whole nother level. And then you look at Kevin Knowles. I mean, a guy who played a lot as a true freshman, got better week in and week out, and he's doing the same thing so far in the spring. He had an interception. 
uh, on Friday, a big-time interception where he just basically slipped underneath the wide receiver and came up with a huge play, and then you saw the interception in the red zone. Those are big-time plays. And these guys, when you look at young players and they come into the program and they're always around the football, that's just who they are. They're guys that are ball-searching players. So when you combine that youthful movement along with I can't forget about Cooper, who changes number, he's rocking number 13 right now, and then you combine those guys with Jones, Robertson, you talked about Dent, Brown, another rangy, nice-looking play at the safety position from Lake City, Florida. We got some guys in the secondary. The thing about us, where what we need to get to in the secondary is being consistent, right? When you look at the elite of the elites in college football, it doesn't matter who they're playing. You know what you you will get from that group, from that team. And that is the area that we need to improve in the most, on both sides of the football, consistency. But I can tell you this much, individually speaking, we got some ball players in the secondary. They just got to continue to flourish and develop, believe in their ability, and be around the football. Be around the football. Yeah, and I, I definitely uh, – I think A.C. Thomas might have been like the steal of the class for Florida State this year because he was still a top 100 player, but, you know, he – He's being compared to Jalen, maybe not for, from a skill standpoint right now, but ju just that dog that he has in him, right? That he's out there to win, and he's excited for that. Um, another newcomer, I'm not sure if you got a chance to see him, but you, you mentioned you'd love to see the guys that are new there. Uh, Greedy Vance from Louisville, he's, you know, it started yeah. off a little slow this spring, but sounds like things really picked up. What'd you see from Greedy? Because at Florida State, we essentially did a did a one-on-one -on -one trade with Louisville for a defensive back there, right? Yeah, and, and, and the thing about Vance, I had an opportunity to talk to him in person on Friday. I was up in Coach Wood's office, and he walked in. He was talking to Coach, you know, just asking, asking questions, and I had an opportunity to chop it up with him. And then I went and saw him play Friday practice. He was around the football. I, for, yeah, and I forgot about, you know, Greedy because there, has, there are so many guys that you can highlight, you know what I mean? I, I forgot Good about green. green as well. I can't forget about Green because he's rocking at number eight. The same eight that I wore. Uh, but but talking about Greedy, man, I think he has an opportunity to be a pretty good player as well. He's a scrappy guy. I love scrappy guys. I love guys that are not big when it comes to measurables, but they play with a big chip on their shoulder and they play with a big heart. He was also around the football a lot on Friday. So when you look at the, the guys that we highlighted, right, I mean, young guys that all have talent. They all have talent and they all play hard. And that's what we need to see. You know what I mean? We need to get back to being the secondary where we keep everything in front of us. And if they score, if they, score, if they earn it, they got to earn it. And we're going to swing. We're going to swing every play. Make sure we hit them. Make sure we do what we need to do. But talent-wise, man, I think from top to bottom when you look at the secondary, and this is based on potential and expectations, but this might be one of the more talented groups we've seen in quite some time in, in, in Tallahassee. I know you. Uh, I know you have the eye and the heart for the DBs. Who else impressed you on defense outside of that group um, from Saturday? Who were you really impressed well, with watching? Didn't really see a like? lot of uh, Gerard with Verse, the transfer, yeah. uh, but I think he's going to have a, a huge year for us. Uh, he has an opportunity to be this year's Jermaine Johnson yeah. for our defense on the on the line. I love love it. I love I love the leadership he plays with. Um, I think he's going to be a, a, a big-time productive player for us as well. Uh, but those two guys, when you look at the defensive line and you look at how well they played last year, now we, we're getting back to that level of 
being harassers on the defensive line, harassing opposing quarterbacks. Remember, for such a long time, we had a bad issue in sacking quarterbacks, getting pressure on quarterbacks. That changed dramatically a year ago because we had an alpha dog, right? And you look at college football, when you look at unique, good defenses, they have alpha dogs on all three levels, right? And last year, our alpha dog on our D-line was Jermaine Johnson. He was the lead singer, right? He embraced that role. And then when he need, needed not necessarily to take a night off, we had somebody else that can jump in and be a lead singer. You know, you still got Cooper there. So we got experience. Mm-hmm. So me personally, I, I, we, need to hear, we need to see a big year from Lovett. We need to see a, we need to see a big year from Cooper and, and Verse. I mean, he has to take off because if they ball out, everything else behind them will ball out. In the second yeah. level with the linebackers, the third level with the, the guys in the secondary. I heard a lot about uh, what's the transfer from Central Florida, but. Bethune. Tatum Bethune. Tatum yeah. Bethune, Bethune yeah. of course, he, he was injured, but I heard a lot about him. He, he, he's, he's been doing some pretty good things. Um, and, and, and I think for him, the veteran experience that he has, uh, it needs to show up for our guys. You know what I mean? So we, we, I think our, our defense, me personally, our defense has to be, number one, strong at the point of attack. And that definitely could be productive when it comes to the ground and pound attack that we face. Number two, they got to be opportunistic. They got to be opportunistic. So yeah. I think we have the guys to do so. And in the day, you all, you all know how it is. You just got to put it on film. What we see on the roster, what we see during spring practices, is cool, it's great talking points for you guys to talk about on spaces and all of that. But in the day, <laughs> it's about what you put on film. You know what I mean? What you put on film. So I, collectively, we got a lot of guys that have bought into the system. Um, uh, flying around, Amari, uh, Amari Garner, he's still there. He looks the part as well. Uh, uh, Hunter Washington, I forgot about. I can't forget about Hunter in the secondary as well. There's a lot of guys we can talk about, but but me personally, love it. I need production from Love It. I need him to do numbers. He has to. He reminds me a lot of uh, uh, having a brain fart right now. What's what's my guy from Tennessee, the Titans, the D lineman, the D tackle, D N. They run a 3-4. Yeah. <laughs> From Mississippi State. TJ, you got to oh, know this, man. No, oh. I don't. Oh, man. I'm, I'm looking. Come on, Mac. From Mississippi State, first rounder. Uh, Tillery is at the Chargers. Anyway, that's who Lovett reminds me of. What's the kid from Mississippi State? Y'all got, y'all got me right now stomping myself. I'm Danico Autry? Is that huh? right? Is it Autry? Danico Autry? No, not Danico. Danico came from Indian, uh, from the coast. He was a draft pick for the for the Titans. Um, ninety, ninety. Oh, Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, you know, Autry can't. Autry can't play at Mississippi State too. That's what. Yeah, he did. Off. He did. Come <laughs> <That's Mississippi> State, <laughs> but I was like, man, come on. He signed, just... <laughs> he signed free agent free agent deal from the Colts last year with that's the Dreads. Right. Right. Yeah, Jeffrey Simmons. That's who Lover reminds me a little bit of. And boy, if he can give us that production. Him and him and uh, Jared Verse uh, yeah. and Fuller well, can't forget back. about yeah. Fuller from Fort Myers, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, McClellan, um, he looks the part. Man, we got we got some guys, and then you got you got Bishop Thomas, the, the incoming freshman, early enrollee. Odell really mm-hmm. thinks high, high highly of him as well. So we got some guys. Um, on offense, seems like Jordan Travis has certainly taken the team by the reins and and has really established you know, himself as the quarterback and doesn't have anybody to look over his shoulder this year or 
doesn't seem to be that competition. How big do you expect that to be just for Jordan kind of moving forward, knowing that at the end of the day, this is your team and, and we're going to go as far as you do? Yeah, it has to be big. He has to understand this is his job to lose. And he's been there long enough to be able to be the leader on and off the football field that we need him to be. I, I spoke to a lot of people since my visit there to Tallahassee, and I said, we're only, we're only going to be as good as our quarterback. When you look at the ACC a year ago, the two teams that played for the ACC titles had great quarterback play. Sam Hartman for Wake Forest was hell. Kenny, Pitt, Kenny Pickett, I'm sorry, Kenny Pickett was hell. And because of his production, he will be a first-round selection. Think about that. Pittsburgh and Wake Forest played for the ACC title. The quarterback play is important, especially in college football, because when you have a good quarterback, that can cover up some of the other mishaps, not just on the offensive end, but the entire team defensively as well. So when you factor having that type of star player at the most important position, you're going to, you will be productive. And it's time for Jordan Travis to take that step into the, in, 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 into a different direction and stay there. He has to be our Sam Hartman. He has to be our Kenny Pickett. If he can develop and do that consistently, we'll be okay. College football is not that difficult. If you've got a quarterback, you got more than a fighting chance. If you don't have a quarterback, the field is 150 yards. Point blank. Point blank. Look at Sam Howell in North Carolina. Granted, he didn't have the type of year that he had a year ago, but when he jumped into the lineup, bam, they look like a different ball club. Look at when Van Dyke jumped into the lineup for the, for the Hurricanes, right? I mean, it's all about quarterback play in college football. If you got a quarterback, you have more than a fighting chance. And I think that is the biggest question mark for our ball club, especially on the offensive side. Jordan Travis. Athletically, he has it. He has the heart. He has the will. He has the want to. But he has to be consistent and make plays. The thing about Jordan Travis, he he shows us a glimpse of what he can be as a passer. That fourth and 14 against Miami on that dig route, hit him in stride. Wow, that's what we need. That freaking, what, 20-plus yard throw to I think it was to Douglas, right? Hit him in stride, right? That's what we need. You can give us that all the time. He should be able to. So we will only go as far as Jordan takes us. And to TJ's point, uh, it definitely seems that, you know, he, he knows the job is his, right? You know, Mike Norvell's been public about it and said as much. Um, but it has to do a lot for your confidence when you show up to practice every day and you know, you know, there's no Mackenzie Milton, uh, you know, who they brought in, who the fan base loves, you know, there's no, you know, other one else. It's me. And it has to be me. And it seems like from my perspective, his attitude has reflected that. Um, but keeping it in the backfield, I think Florida state fans got a really nice surprise in, uh, Oregon transfer Trey Benson, because he's a guy who showed up on an official visit still in a knee brace after a pretty gruesome injury. And we were questioning, will he even be able to participate this spring? I think he might've been the best running back we had this spring, but uh, just thoughts on Benson in that room. Cause you got Trayshawn Ward, Lawrence to Philly. You have a really good room there. And Mike Norvell, he he's loves to run the football based on his Memphis days. That's gotta be a good sign for Florida state fans. 
it has to be a, a great sign because when you can run the football, you have a balanced offense, right? And we saw how well we ran the football last year with Cor- Corbin and crew and losing Corbin and now getting Benson into the fold. Uh, I was very, very excited from what I saw. And I watched him at practice. It seems like when he jogged, he has like a little limp. Like it's a little limp. I don't know if it's a glitch based on his injury, but he has a limp. But then when I saw him Saturday, when he's running full speed, he's running full speed. And he did a great job in, in, in the opportunities that he was able to get. And when you look at Trey, I mean, his lower half, I mean, his quads and calves and hamstrings, boy, he looks like he was born to be a running back. And he runs with power. And he has that veteran experience as well. So that has to be a huge play for our offense. If we can run the football, that takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback along with some of the other guys on the offensive end as well. Uh, and, and, And so far, we have quite a few guys that we can lean on when it comes to running the football. You know, Tofield and some of the other guys in the back end. But I think that has to be a huge emphasis for us running the football. And like you mentioned, Coach Novell loves running the ball. He loves running the ball. And if we can do that effectively, similar to what we did last year, that was the biggest surprise on our offense. How well we ran the football. I mean, I thought we would be productive in running the football, but I did not think we would run run well, run as well as we did and in a consistent fashion. Um, the other side of the line, and I know that some of the guys were out, but other uh side of the line was the O-line. We'll kind of skip the talk about the O-line of the game with some guys out, but there's some big O-line news out there right now. Uh, Darius Mims <laughs> from Georgia hopped in the portal. And how big of a signing? I, well, that's a dumb question. Massive. Uh, you feeling good about Florida State on this? I'm just going to really call you out on that. <laughs> yeah. You're right in Georgia's backyard down there. So, <laughs> yeah. I feel, um, I, I feel good. I feel good. I think we got a legit shot. And getting Mims, you know how two four seven has the freaking crystal ball, uh, the crystal ball about uh, crystal ball about where a prospect might go. Is it eighty seven percent? Is it ninety percent? Is it ten percent? Man, I say right now, I got to be at least ninety percent for the state. Uh, that's what my gut is telling me. And the thing about this situation with Mims, number one, we were definitely in the running when he came out of high school a few years ago. Uh, the relationship with Atkins, the OC offensive line coach, still has been intact. Those guys were they've been communicating since his time in Georgia. Uh, so Atkins is familiar with the family situation. He's familiar with yep. Mims. And then for us, if we can get Mims, it's, it instantly makes us better, right? We all would agree to that. But then we take a player away from our arch rival who clearly they're trying to do everything in their power to land. Yeah. So it's a win-win for us for Florida State. It's a yeah. win because we get a player who we probably should have gotten out the gate, out of high school. But then we get him and we take him away from Miami. That's something. That's the most important thing about this, because if he's a future first rounder, six, seven, three, thirty, seven foot wingspan, athletic. He ran the relays in high school, played on both sides of the football. And he improves an area that clearly we still need improvement. And you put him on the left side, you got a bona fide left tackle. You got a franchise like left tackle. And the last time we had a first rounder on the offensive line was who? Cam Irvin back in 2014? Probably, yeah. A converted defensive tackle. Yeah. Converted yeah. defensive tackle. Exactly. <laughs> and we know how well that offensive line played, the continuity that they played with. But that's, man, we in 2022. Yeah. Think about that. That's the last time we had. 
and offensive linemen. And really, Cam wasn't slated to be that type of player. He eventually became that player through his throughout his time in Tallahassee. But if we can get Mims, man, we all need to get our champagne, shake it, <laughs> and spray it in the house. Yeah. Spray we it might all house. be taking we might all be taking power a bass if that one comes through. I, exactly. I, but you're exactly I'd right. What do we have? The power a bass. <laughs> what did what did we have against Miami last year? Like eight sacks. Like let's keep that number up. We don't need them getting this best offensive lineman out there. Exactly. Let's let's, let's keep that number up and let's in, increase our running numbers against him. Against them, I mean. So this is this is a huge huge opportunity for Florida State because number one. You want to get better on the offensive line, but number two, if you don't, if you don't get him, you don't want to see him, and he will have two years of eligibility. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that would be a tough pill yeah. to swallow if we don't get Mims and he goes to Miami. It would be tough regardless if we don't get him. But let's say we don't get him and he goes to like a Texas Tech or someplace like that. We don't have no ties to them. You know, we don't care anything about them. But Miami is ties. It's in state, and and you know every year they always hollering about their back. They're back. We are back. <laughs> They're doing so it again this year. Say it again. They're doing it again this year. I don't know if you've seen yeah. it or not. But. Hey, but I guess one thing we can say, if you're saying we're back, you're acknowledging that you left, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And when you, when you say you're back for 25 years, you ain't been here for a while. I mean, they've been saying they're back, but how many ACC titles have they won? Zero. <laughs> yeah. They haven't even gotten close. They did so, kick a field goal down about 40 one time. Sorry, go ahead, Richie. I yeah. No, so, so Brian, just it's a crazy time in college football. Obviously, you know, we're not going to sit here and be naive and pretend recruiting's always been on the up and up forever. But with Mims, this really seems like the first, especially for Florida State, open market battle. Who's going to pay more? Right. That, that, that might be part of it. it it's not all of it, because I do think that relationship with Alex Atkins is a huge benefit. But did you ever think we'd see the day where fans could openly argue, no, we're going to pay more. We're going to pay more because it, it used to be so taboo. Payers are now getting played with NIL. Mims is expected to get a nice NIL contract from Florida State or Miami or not the school directly, obviously, but, you know, entities that, you know, rising spear and whatnot. Did you ever think we'd see this day? And, uh, man, do you wish this was around when you were playing? No, nah, I never thought I would see something like this. And the thing about the NIL opportunities, it's a good thing. But now players, parents, they're more concerned about NIL opportunities than the depth chart, what, we can, what they could do on the football field, what could be done academically. And me personally, that kind of changed the direction of the priorities. And, yes, no question, I wish I was a part of this. Because, man, it was tough for me at Florida State. When I was at Florida State living in Burt Reynolds, man, the first year, monthly I only got $118 a month to live on. Think about that, $118 living in Burt Reynolds on campus at the time. So it's, it, it has changed the dynamics of college football. It's no longer about how we can develop you, how we can get you prepared for the next level if that's where you want to go. It's about now what can we get off the football field? What kind of endorsements? What kind of opportunities? And it's legal. It's fair. That's the game that we're playing right now. And for Florida State, being able to create the rising spear to be able to battle with the who's of who in college football when it comes to NIL NIL opportunities, this is something that we have to do. And this is the first sign right now with this whole recruitment of MIMS, seeing what can be done with rising spear. And if we're able to land this big fish, we all need to be extremely optimistic in what we can do going forward. 
Yeah. Take your yeah. tax return and send it to Rising Spear if it uh, <laughs> ends up at Florida State. You know, I'm telling no, you, it's tax it. season. Here we go. <laughs> do it yes, now, sir. whether yeah, whether he ends up or not. We got to be able to be in these battles, and that's the big thing to me is if you can land Mims, if you can land a guy out of Georgia, right, where money is no option. Like if you can land a guy from there with this kind of potential that's this big that we know is going in the first round of the NFL draft, you can land anybody. Like that's exactly. like that's the statement. You win this one, if you're in every other battle that ever exists. Hands down. And, so, and that's what we want to be. That's where we want to be. And I know in the state of Florida, there are some you know, rules and regulations that you have to abide by. Something different than other schools and out of states uh, and out of state uh, programs can don't have to worry about for us. But we got to change. We got to adjust. That's what yeah. we have to do. We have to adjust to the current climate of college football. It's no longer about the seminal head. You know, when I when I used to see people walk with this, it meant something. And it still does. But you have to do more. When it comes right. to recruiting, you have to do more. You have to be willing to do more. You know, everything is about getting that update, right? I'm pretty sure you guys have the newest update on your phones. I'm pretty sure you guys have the newest TVs that just came out a few years ago. It's all about updating and making adjustments. Absolutely. And that's what we're starting to do. And this is a huge opportunity, like I said, for our fans to see exactly what we can do with Rising Spear. And I believe in Rising Spear. I think they have, collectively speaking, they have the people and the power to be able to make this thing great and, and, and be able to go to battle with the who's of who in college football. And what better way to see exactly what we have in the rising spirit is the first legit NIL game is against yeah. Miami. Yeah. 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 I'm with it. I'm, I'm, and I'm with you too. Cause it's going to either, it's going to be a double win or a double loss, bro. It's going <laughs> to, yes. it's either going to, it's either going to feel really good or it's going to hurt really bad one way or the other. So no question, great. man, if, if it hurt, it's going to hurt Yeah, for a while. And so yeah, well, let's just win it and not worry about that. <laughs> exactly. I agree. <laughs> I, uh, I can't bring you on here and not ask you this. I know you're probably deep. We talked about just off air a little bit deep into the, uh, NFL draft prep. Um, but we're not gonna we're not gonna bring on a, an analyst and not ask about this. But uh, bro, what kind of records are we gonna set in New Orleans with passing this year uh, with with Jameis resigning with the Saints and how high are you on uh, on him? Because a homer like me needs to hear all the good news at this point. You know what? We just gotta really see exactly how life without Sean Payton will look yeah. for Jameis and the entire offense. I mean, if Sean Payton was there, I say easily forty touchdowns probably for Jameis. Right? Uh, he was yeah. clearly on pace for something close to 40 probably if he didn't sustain that injury but it's going to take some time to really get accustomed and used to the new orleans saints playing offense foot offensive uh, offensively without sean payton but man I, i'm a big i'm a big james fan i love what he's done i love the adversity he's been uh dealt with he's been dealing with and fighting through that said adversity and they they, they just got to continue me personally one argument i have and concern I have with the New Orleans Saints. I think they've done Jameis a disservice when it comes to getting better around him. You got Michael Thomas who's coming back. Yeah, cool. You got Callaway. But come on. You got to be more aggressive. You got to find a way to continue to improve your offense. You lost your best offensive lineman at Armstead. Uh, that was a huge loss. Uh, you you got to find a way to be able to, to keep up with the Joneses. Think about this. The team that has owned this division, the NFC South, the last few years have been one of the more aggressive teams. When you get Tom Brady back in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's always a plus. But then adding some other pieces, taking Russell Gage away from Atlanta, adding him to the fold, looking at being able to bring back Chris Godwin. I mean, that, those are big-time moves, big-time moves. 
bringing back Leonard Fournette. So me personally, I love the Saints, especially with James, because I am a homer. I am biased. But I think just they haven't really been as aggressive as I thought, as, as I believe they should be, especially when you're chasing number 12 in the division. That's Tom Brady. Yeah, I think adding uh, more pieces outside of it, you know, I think he's got a better defense and offensive line than he had in Tampa, but the weapons are yeah. are a little bit tougher. And so does that kind of make him play some of that hero ball? Richie, I cut you off. What's going on? Yeah, so Brent, just uh, on the record, Tampa Bay is winning the Super Bowl again next year, right? We're just so just we're clear. I'm not. You must be a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that just yet. Now, the NFC is not as sticky and competitive as the AFC. But you, 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 you got you to beat the champs if you're going to get a shot. And right now, the Rams are still the champs. I love what they've done. That's another team that hasn't – they haven't taken their foot off the gas. They're trying to get better, right? I'm going to tell you another team, too, to look out for, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. If they can stay healthy defensively and Kirk Cousins play smart, sound football, they got the personnel to go with you. Um, got to factor in pretty, Aaron Pretty Rodgers, good running back, San too, Francisco. right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. San Francisco, we don't know exactly what Trey Lance going to look like. But listen, for Tampa, when you have 12, you have more than a fighting chance. Yeah. You're in every we game. That there were games they there were games they should have lost. Like they should have lost to the Jets last year, and then yeah. they gave Tom they gave Tom a chance, and that was they gave Tom a took. chance. And think about this: the playoff game against the Rams, even they though they were that. shorthanded, Tom made that thing very very interesting in the fourth quarter. Even Jalen was tweeting out after games like, "Damn, he threw his last touchdown pass on me." Yeah. I love when I love when he announced that he was coming back and then Jalen celebrated saying, good, throw that last one on somebody else. <laughs> no question. No question. You know, that will, that will, that will forever would have been a talking point if he never oh, returned. Sure. That's a trivia yeah. question, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, we asked you this on Spaces. I want to ask you here, and then we'll let you go. We appreciate your time. But uh, when you go to Guthrie's, you, you don't get the coleslaw, right? Like, you're true to the name of the show. You want my honest answer? No, man, I want oh, you to front. No, no, you can be know. honest. You can be honest. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> it depends on what type of mood I'm in. If I'm in a coleslaw mood, no coleslaw mood. But one thing I am in, in the mood that I'm in anytime I go to Guthrie's, I got to get the extra gut sauce. Oh, yeah. 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 One is definitely not a nut gut. One is never enough. No. Because I'm like triple and quadruple dunking that that tender. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even know why they do that. You just hand you one little lonely container. It's like, stop it. Really? <laughs> what is this? Just start, just start giving us two or three. Just go ahead and do right. it. Make that the unwritten rule. <laughs> I love it. BMAC, tell the people where they we, – we shot out at the beginning, but tell the people where they can find you, where they can follow you, where they can find your work, where they can listen to your podcast and all that. Man, listen, you can follow me on social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, same handle, name handle. BMAC underscore sports talk. Uh, you can follow, you can see my work on cbsports.com, CBS Sports HQ, a uh, podcast that I do with Patrick Peterson. You see the number seven jersey hanging up in the background. Uh, Minnesota Vikings cornerback. It's called All Things Covered. Uh, we do it on the CBS Sports platform as well. We also have a YouTube page. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. If you actually want to see us, you have those visual opportunities. But if you just want to hear us, you want to give us your ears. You can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, where everywhere you need to be. Uh, give us a shout. Give us an opportunity to get your ears and your eyes, and you won't be disappointed. And don't and you know what? We oftentimes get a lot of Florida State Seminoles on, on the podcast. And just 
because y'all brought him up. I got I had Jameis on a year ago. It was uh, I got to try to get him back on again to talk yeah. about the new contract, to talk about the expectations, life without Sean Payton. I think that'd be a pretty cool episode. So I gotta yeah. see what I can do. TJ will his- cancel our previously recorded scheduling for just to listen yeah, to just the to watch podcast. No, so, I was yeah, that was one of my favorite shows that you guys did last year. That one was, was absolutely good, yeah. fantastic. I yeah. just need you to find out how he orders his gut box for me. Yeah, I got it. That, that got to be my first. <laughs> and that's the thing about Tallahassee. If you've been to Tallahassee as a Florida State Seminole or just traveling through, you got to stop at the monumental establishment Guthrie's, get that gut box with a sweet tea. Oh, that's and sweet an extra tea. gut sauce. Absolutely. Brian so, McFadden, thank you so much for some time tonight, man. We really appreciate you. Appreciate it. And uh, hey, you guys do a great job. Thank you for having me. And, and hopefully, right. hopefully. The crystal ball that I gave you guys is accurate with Mims. I'm like, and if it, it doesn't is, matter, people are going to hey, run check with this it. out. If it is Florida State fans that are tuning in and, and watching us, we all need to videotape ourselves and put it on Twitter, spraying the champagne bottle, because this could be groundbreaking when it comes to NIL opportunities, and we're going to celebrate the rising spirit if we go ahead and land this big fish. I'm working on it. I'm actually, I might, go, I might have to go get some this week. Sounds like we could get a cheap you can get the cheap champagne though. You don't gotta go ahead and get no yeah, 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 yeah. like that. You get the cheap, cheap you can get the cheap stuff because you're gonna just spray it. We're gonna just spray it in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. we're, we're gonna be like Absolutely. time and do the uh double fries no slaw person of the year, and it's gonna be rising spear <laughs> and Brian. Yeah, exactly. If they land exactly. that cool. Thank you, B Mac. We appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for having me. Take care, go knows. Brian McFadden, like I said, too many too many accolades to uh, to list, but former Noel, two time Super Bowl champion, covers uh, football for CBS Sports, uh, the All Things Covered podcast. Give Brian a follow, a listen, check him out. Um, Richie, I, we we covered the spring game pretty in depth with him. We don't have to kind of keep going on it for a, a long amount of time. But do you have anything kind of outside of anything we talked about with him? Um, you know that you want to bring up that you want to kind of chat through. Um, through that or you know what what direction you want to take this here unless you drive no i love brian mcfadden he's always good no matter what he's on uh, whether it's another fsu podcast or if it's on spaces with you and josh he's he tells you what he thinks uh he's fairly optimistic but he he keeps it real and loved having him on here for me it was more you know it's we talked about it right with the spring game it like you're upset with the receivers, but you're happy with the defensive backs, right? Yeah. You're upset with the offensive line, but you're happy with the defensive line. It's tricky when it comes to, you know, a game like this. Um, I would have liked to see more out of the quarterbacks. And I don't think Mike Norvell helped the, the quarterbacks much with a lot of early whistles. I get, you don't want to get anybody hurt, but yeah. there were several situations. Tate Roadmaker had a nice touch on passing goal line that got blown dead. And I don't think it would have been a sack. I think he would have got hit in real life, but uh, I think he would have completed the pass. So it, yeah. it was weird. You know, it's, you know, a structured scrimmage where it's not really a spring game where you're just in situationals type stuff. Um, I'm not sure. You know, I, I think I feel roughly the same as I did about this team because people need to realize this isn't, this wasn't a game. This was one out of 15 practices mm-hmm. that the team is trying to get better at. And I think Mike Norvell made it clear he wasn't, really concerned about making this super friendly to the fans but he wanted to get the work in so you can't be mad at that right like uh, sure as a fan we'd love to see a more entertaining game but i also love that he was working on real life reps that could help this team in the fall against lsu potentially so you know i know what 
extreme takes one way one way or the other with the spring game. Um, not a great production on the ACC network, although I liked what they tried to do. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I, I think this team they they still need to add some additions in the portal. But if they get Mims, wow, what a what a monster uh, that would be. But yeah, I'm. A, you know, I, I feel no better or no worse about the team after the spring game because, again, I didn't consider it a game. I, it looked more like, you know, the, one of the last episodes of Hard Knocks where they're trying to decide who the 52nd and 53rd man is uh, on a roster. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, I had a good time up in Tallahassee, but, you know, if you were up there, you probably had a good time whether the game was a lot of fun or not. Yeah. So, um, which we did. We had a good time. Yeah, I mean, I think there are some positives to take away. I, mean, I think Benson was really cool to, to kind of see him break out. The DBs played, made plays when they needed to. Um, quarterbacks have some things to kind of like clean up. Glad there was, you know, some good pressure from the defensive line. But then again, does that worry you for the offensive line? There were a couple of guys out. So, I don't know. We'll see. It's, it's really early to tell. And at the end of the day, if you use Saturday just to get better, I mean, that's what's most important. Not necessarily any kind of presentation or, you know, uh, there was a – I remember just a few years ago there was a spring game that we were all really, really hyped about. and uh, Toe hit leather, as Gene says. Shout out the GOAT. And um, it wasn't very good when toe hit leather. So, uh, speaking of that, Gene Deckerhoff called his final game um, as a Florida State Seminole uh, play-by-play guy for radio, which was rough, uh, but really cool. Shout out FSU. They put him on the um, – they put him on the speaker. I actually texted somebody at FSU and just kind of like said, Hey, good job on this. Um, but for those that weren't at the game, they put Gene's call on the speaker on the loudspeakers um, at Doe Campbell stadium, which was pretty neat. I don't know if that's ever been done before. I don't, cause you usually wouldn't have a radio play-by-play guy going. You just have kind of the, the Woody Whitehurst or whoever, you know, doing the, the call, or like the recap of, you know, Benson picks up seven yards to the 43 or whatever. So cool to have um, uh, that aspect of it. Got a chance to interview Gene Deckerhoff at Garnet and Gold. Um, kind of a lifelong, I don't know, not, I wouldn't say goal. I don't know if that was a goal of mine, but kind of a lifelong kind of full circle moment. I was a huge Gene Deckerhoff fan growing up. Um, getting to interview him on the day he called his last game for the Seminoles was probably the coolest moment that I've ever had in any kind of anything related to media at all. Um, he was so gracious. He was so kind and, you know, he did such a good job of every time I tried to turn it on to him, he would then try and turn it back another way and give other people love and give other people shout outs. And so Gene's just the absolute goat. It was cool to get to interact with him. I said this on the spaces, but he legitimately texted me after the game and was just, again, gracious. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the shout outs. And so I saw that the next morning <laughs> for those who wondered, but it, that was cool. And uh, Florida State did a good job of sending the legend out um, the right way. And it was cool to just have a little, just again, to be there in person, hear his call over the radio, to get to chat with him that morning. It was cool to just have a little, a little aspect of that, just a little, a little time to chat with him about it. I'm not going to lie, TJ. I was a, uh perfectly content staying here in Orlando for the spring game. And then with like the Tuesday morning of the spring game, you text me like, Hey, Gene Deckerhoff's going to do an interview with us. I, I, almost, I knew you were, like, I, I almost were upended my entire <laughs> weekend anniversary plans. You know, I, I probably would not have made six years of the wife, but I did make five on Friday. Uh, but how cool, man. And Ari was awesome too. So just a yeah. shout out Garnet and gold for also setting up a pop-up with, um, 
Sherelle Sydney and the softball team, like I, just such a cool weekend. I, I thought that was awesome. And I, I did have a little FOMO, but I, I did enjoy the Masters and uh, hanging out with my wife celebrating five years. Yeah, I was having a good weekend. And I was honestly like, like I like to flex, right? Like we get stuff all the time. I'm like, ah, I got to flex with this. Or I had to flex earlier on some idiot on uh, on social media. But um, I did kind of feel bad because I knew you were like, I knew you were there. And I was like, dang, I'm going to do something else fun. And Richie's going to be like, Ugh. but we'll be there again soon. We'll do it all over again. You're going to LSU, right? Yeah, we'll be there. We got our hotel booked. Okay. I, I'm a little scared. I looked at flights. My goodness, they went from like 300 to 600, but you know, uh, we'll, we'll suck it up and pay for it. Yeah, so we'll do some fun stuff there. But yeah, we did a we did an interview with Kaylee Mudge and Sydney Sherrill right before the yeah. uh, Virginia Tech game on Friday. You can go check that out anywhere that you, we have any of this posted, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, talking about their NIL stuff with Garnet and Gold. You should go pick up those shirts. Those softball shirts are really, really cool. It's neat that our softball girls get to benefit off of their name, image, and likeness. So you can pick those up at gardengold.com. Our code doesn't work on that just because, again, we don't want to take money away from the girls. So buy a shirt and then buy something else to go with it. Use the code on that. Get 20% off using code NOSLAW, N-O-S-L-A-W, at Gold. Again, 20% off except for on the NIL stuff. We're not going to take any money away from the athletes, right? Like let the, let the girls have their, uh, their due. Um, support Garden Gold, a no-loan business, a family-owned business for over 40 years. They've employed thousands of FSU students, and they are an absolute staple of your um, game day experience. We did that show with Gene there on Saturday, and just in the hour that I was there with Gene and Aria, you mentioned Aria, hung out with him a little bit, um, at the tailgate and then at the game. Um, absolutely um, fantastic to watch people just circle in and out of Garden Gold. Like Tallahassee, we've talked about, you know, it's four hours from pretty much anywhere, maybe three from Jacksonville. But all the major cities, Atlanta, Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville, Miami, to get there, when people get into town, they go to Garnet and Gold. But what I don't think people do enough is shop from Garnet and Gold online. People, you, you guys are going to Fanatics, which is a – um, a Florida owned business, right? Like, like literally the owners of fanatics are Gators. Um, stop shopping there and shop at Garnet and gold use code. No slaw to get 20% off. Their shipping is incredible and super quick. They do a fantastic job supporting all owned businesses, gardengold.com over any of the other guys. Um, softball game was fun. I went to the softball game on Friday night, met some of the girls. They are as, as real as, I mean, you've, we've had them on here before, Richie, and you've chatted with them too, but as real as you think they are on the podcast or whatever, obviously hung out with Kaylee and Sydney a little bit at Garnet and gold. Um, got to chat with them before and after we did our show. Um, but they're as real as you think they are, and they are absolutely fantastic. Actually saw them after a loss, which is kind of rare to be able to see that because they don't do that very often, but, um, really, really cool. Um, glad that people are able to support them and what they're doing with an IL as well. And then we had a great time at the tailgate. Shout out some of the folks that came by. Keenan came by. My guy Gianni came by. Um, Bud hung out for a little bit, which was cool. So um, really, really cool weekend in Tallahassee. Um, but I'm not going to spend an hour recapping it. If you want to know more about it, be there at the next time we go up. So not you. I'm just saying everybody. But I guess well, you, it, you didn't come. And real quick, shout out Garnet and Gold because I – you know, we, we all have Amazon Prime, right? I feel like you, you have to have it if you're in functioning society. But I ordered a, a mock polo and some of the 
um, turquoise basketball shorts from them on Tuesday. Tuesday night, mind you, last week. They were here by Thursday before I got home from work. Like that, that is yeah, the level of quick. service you get from Garnet and Gold. They had those things shipped out before close of business that day to where I had it in Orlando, literally less than 48 hours. That that was phenomenal. And you're not paying a premium for that because that's just what Garnet and Gold does. Yeah. Um, love Garnet and Gold. Like I said, they made everything happen this weekend. It was really, really cool. Awesome. Obviously, shout out Guthrie's. Cater the tailgate again. Shout out Graham Co. Sponsored the tailgate. Breach has brought some empanadas by. So all of the uh, all of the regular subjects were were part of it this weekend. All kind of powered by the Roll Up Network. Had a ton of fun. Like I said, we're gonna do something for New Orleans. So you know, stay uh, stay tuned for that one because it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, all right, we I don't think we have any pop up episodes. We did a show with Coach Brayman last Thursday. Check that out if you haven't already. Shows every day, it feels like. We did one Thursday. I did that with Kaylee and Sydney on Friday. Saturday, we did the one with Gene and Aria. And then we had to take Sunday off. Now we're back why, to Monday. TJ, while we're flexing, is there an active FSU coach we have not interviewed on this show? No, we've hit them all. We've hit every single yeah. coach at FSU right now. That's awesome. Um, I love that. So... Yeah, not a bad, not a bad little thing. There. Oh, Coach Bond came by the podcast. She was fantastic. Oh, nice. Um, she hung out. So even had Bud out there. Like, man, goodness. Bud, was, Bud came by twice. Bud was there right when we got there, and then he had to go to some event, and then came back for a little bit after that. So yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Bud was out there. My guy Trevor was out there. Called some of the play-by-play for soccer and softball and different things. Um, Aria was out there, so we had a fun one. So. Nice. Um, Make sure you guys join us in New Orleans. We'll get some details on that out fairly soon. Uh, I want that to be massive. So, all right. I think I don't think we have any pop-ups this week. I'm I'm tired. I need a few days off. We'll see you guys on Sunday. I guess unless we get a big commit from an offensive lineman from Georgia, maybe then we'll pop up before after that. But maybe we'll just bring him on and see if that's worth any um, <laughs> substance or not. So, all right. We will be back on Sunday. Until next time, Richie, thanks for hanging out. Go Knowles. Go Knowles.